This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. This is indirectly directed towards me, just so you know. I don't think Well, so Mercer Fire Rescue, so I don't know if you're talking about trucks or big trucks, little trucks, ambulances. Okay. There you go. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't have a, anything to tell me. Are we on? Are you saying anything? I'm waiting for you. You're in charge. I'm the sidekick. Yeah. Well, I was bushwhacked again this morning. No, <laughs> no, no notice or anything. Um, of course, everybody knows Ronnie Martin by now. Uh, you're a. a uh, my favorite elected person outside of Donald Trump. So that that's quite a that's quite a. You are very kind. Yeah. Thank you. No, I I mean it very much. No, but, I uh, appreciate that. Um, what you've done for Murfreesboro has been um, extraordinary as far as um, being a fairly new person. What two years now? Yes, sir. And and uh, you have made a, a complete study of Murfreesboro since you've been a city councilman. And you had some of the best people in the world that are over the departments and, and, and have a thumb on just about everything that goes on in, in each one's uh, particular area. Yes, sir. Now, you've got, I've been talking with him this morning. Thomas Rowe. Thomas Rowe. And Thomas came in early, uh, unlike a lot of people like you I that get here, here late. five minutes early. Yeah. But I understand that's not on time for yeah. you. So. What, what was your temperature this morning over at Adams Place? Um, I think it was 98. What was your Ni- 98 period? No, I can't remember. Mine was 98.3. Yeah. Was it? Oh, that's good. Because uh, we're obviously very healthy, Thomas. And uh, you are one of these people that you have a very tough job because you're in charge of housing in Murfreesboro. In all housing in Murfreesboro. All housing. Thomas all housing. <laughs> and, and, and the places that you guys have been working on lately, Murfreesboro is very lucky to have you because you want the downtown area, all of Murfreesboro, to really fit in the scheme of things. Uh, you want everybody to be proud of where they live. And, and, and everybody has a um, a very uh, strong interest in where they live, and the whole neighborhoods are actually involved in what's going on. Because I was seeing what was going on in the Oakland's area, and I know a lot of those homes and and the people that live there. And you, it, it's not a real uh, cleanup, you might say. It's just that you're bringing the neighborhood all together. Uh, wherever it is, it it makes it comfortable for everybody that lives there. That's what we're working on. We're trying to make it a neighborhood that people will be proud to live in. Yeah, and, and uh, can people come in, in, in at your office and see what you're doing? How how do you get this out to all the people who 
may be very interested in what's going on in their neighborhoods. Well, when we started planning, our master planning for Oakland, mm-hmm. we had a total of 17 public meetings. We invited people to come in oh, and wow. give us their ideas of what they'd like to see in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So our architects then, in the master planning, took those reviews and went back and formulated what we have created now for Oakland's mansion, mm-hmm. or Oakland's development behind Oakland's yeah. mansion. And the goal was to tie in the mansion and the park into the entire development. And I, I was totally amazed when I was looking at the picture of all those homes, and it's going to be extremely nice. In fact, I, I, I would... Uh, I would almost move from my house <laughs> way out in the country to come over there because it, it looks so comfortable. And it's going to be very nice when we finish. I mean, you, it'll be a neighborhood you can ride through and go wild because you would never know it was a portable house. And talk about a little bit, Thomas, um, about um, hey Bart. what what the Bart. Oakland's Park development looked like what it looks like now and what it's going to be turned into because obviously the listeners can't see that. So give them an idea about what, what's there today and then maybe talk a little bit too about the housing authority, um, what it does, how it comes into existence, Hello? and how it partners with the city of Murfreesboro. Okay. Um, the housing authority, the Do what? current housing that's there are red brick. You ride through any city you can go through. Yeah and pick up and know where what is called public housing is located. And our goal is to, to do away with that. So our architects have gone through the city and taken the architecture that is throughout the city, and there are five different uh, styles. We have Italianate, You're not here in you have Victorian, you have Colonial, you have uh, the square, square D. So we've taken those house designs okay. and designed we'll, we'll swap. that looks like and so when we finish, it will look like any. We're having some problems with so the yes finish, microphone, like so Truman is making some adjustments. You would, ride through. you would not be able to ride through and know that it is some type of housing based on income. Uh, the Housing Authority, of course, all of our housing is based on your income. Right. Uh, currently, we have uh, public housing is 80 percent and below the area median income. And whenever we finish with the Oakland development, it will be a development where we because we have an investor involved with tax credits uh, that have been uh, awarded to Murfreesboro Housing Authority. And so we'll be looking at 60 percent and below then. OK. And, and talk a little bit about, because I called as I was um, trying to learn about how the Housing Authority works with the city of Murfreesboro, um, how it sort of, you know, tries to fill that that void or to do the best it can from an affordable housing standpoint for the city. How does it, how did it come about to being? I mean, how did it get here? Uh, housing Authority was established in 1950 here in Murfreesboro. And a group of citizens saw the need for uh, some type of subsidized housing for people that uh, lived in uh, less than standard housing. Right. And so the housing authority was created, and in cooperation with the city. Uh, We're not a part of the city. The mayor appoints the board to the housing authority, and that's kind of where the relationship with the city stops. And so the city, uh, the housing authority is its own corporation. Okay. That's that's really interesting. And so, you know, Murfreesboro, really, it's a partnership with the city in the sense that, you know, the city of Murfreesboro does not have a, um, an affordable housing department or person. It's the housing authority really fills that that gap for the that's, city. That's correct. And we partner great. The city has been on board with what we're doing at Oakland, so everything has worked very well. That's great. Well, it, I can tell you, it was... Um, I attended uh, the public meetings that you had at the Housing Authority, um, the informational sessions, and, and you had a lot of those where, you know, you had the board set up and there were residents that stay, you know, that lived um, in Oakland's um, that were coming and, you know, had an opportunity to be a part of that process and kind of talk through um, what they wanted to see, what they liked, what they didn't like, and it was really um, a fascinating process, but it was really a 
an educating or a very educational process for me to see, you know, how much residents had input in that process and the thought that went into that redevelopment and then to see it come through planning um, and to know that, you know, we were taking, I guess there are about 75 units there currently. Currently there are 76 units in the Oakland development. And then you're going to basically double the yield there with the with the expansion of Oakland's. Correct. When we finish, we'll have 150. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, one of the things that I get asked about often is, you know, what's the city doing for affordable housing and, and what can we do? And, you know, there are just a lot of challenges from a municipal standpoint with, um, you know, the cost of land, um, which you all were already vested in that site. Uh, but especially, you know, in today's time, uh, you know, rising construction costs, rising land costs, um, just the average cost of housing stock. Uh, we're really, really fortunate to, to be able to, like you mentioned, double the yield at Oakland Park and then. You know, that will also allow you to redevelop another site that I think the Housing Authority owns, um, you know, in, in Mercury. Is it Mercury Manor? Uh, Mercury Development. Mercury Development, yeah. So that, that will be exciting. We have two developments left. After we finish Oakland, we'll have the Mercury Development in what's known as Parkside, which is behind Patterson Park. Okay. And so the goal is to uh, master plan those two areas and see where we go. There's about 15 acres on the Mercury Development and to work and see uh, what is wanted and what the neighbors in the city wants to see on that property. And we'll do the same type program and have uh, meetings and stuff, allow, ask people to come in and give us opinions and, and ideas. Thanks for letting me drive for a minute. You're welcome. <laughs> now tell me in, 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 in the Mercury development, um, when say if you turn left off of Broad, going down Mercury uh, Boulevard, what, what which side of it's on the left when you're heading back that way, aren't you? It's correct. It'll be on the left, right beside of Patterson Park. Now, uh, how much of that will be redeveloped? All 15 acres, the whole development part that looks like Oakland Court. The brick houses, red brick houses, all of that will be developed, redeveloped. And will those houses be uh, completely demolished and restructured, or how are you going to do that? Those houses will be totally, totally demolished, and we will rebuild that development like we're doing Oakland. Yeah. Uh, we're not sure exactly what the concept is going to be. Is the possibility you can mis mix commercial with inside of that because of the Mercury Corridor? Um, we will start master planning that development in the spring of next year. I remember years ago, and uh, there was, uh, wasn't there a Harvey's store back over there and something else? I can't remember, but it was a development that uh, uh, people could walk from their homes ac across Mercury Boulevard and 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 be part of the uh, commercial uh, situation that it was being offered there, but it became really a problem when you have a uh, when you start restructuring a subdivision like you're planning on doing, it changes the mindset in the, in that area, doesn't it? It will. Now, um, what what do you do as far as having the the people who that that are living there now, will they go somewhere else? Well, I'm sure they'll have to, where all of that is being redeveloped. But would they uh, actually be able to relocate back to where they lived? Or how do you uh, select the people that will be living in those areas? Okay. Um, it, I, can, I guess can be confusing for some, but... The Mercury development, the assistance right now that is on that property with HUD will be transferred to the Oakland Phase 2 development. Mm -hmm. So whenever we finish Phase 2 at Oakland, we will move all the residents from Mercury into Oakland Phase 2. Yeah. And then that frees us up there to redevelop the Mercury development. So we're not sure if it will be assisted housing or if it could be single-family dwellings mixed with apartments. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're not certain which direction to go. Now, when you 
people are selected to move into those particular homes, uh, what type of guidelines do they have? Because I have seen, uh, I've been in places in Nashville where they, they, they've done it, but if the residents do not uh, go along with the guidelines that are set up, what happens then? Like if if you're bringing in a lot of people into that home and they're living there or whatever, and, and from what I can understand, from what I've seen, that's where the trouble usually starts. Uh, we have screening criteria that has to be uh, processed before anyone moves in. Mm -hmm. So we look at your income, number one, because it's income-based. We look at your credit and we look at your criminal record. Oh, and awesome. we look at all of those avenues to see if you would be a fit and if you pass the guidelines. Yeah. So once we've done that and you move in, um, if you don't adhere to the rules, then you're evicted. I mean, yeah. there are consequences for your actions. We give uh, a, a second chance. You mm -hmm. have an opportunity to... to uh, do like you should, yeah. and if not, then we have no other recourse but to evict you because we're trying to keep it a safe neighborhood for everybody. Yeah. What, what happens when the people that are living there uh, and all of a sudden they have people who are coming in and are making them victims? I, I know that they can report it to the police and things like that because that, that's really what causes a lot of problems in the project areas is people just coming in and, and taking over those type situations. Because I would presume that a lot of these people that are living in, in these homes are probably older people. A lot of our uh, residents are older population. Yeah. Um, most of our issues come from visitors not mm -hmm. from the families right. that really live with us. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, if someone is victimized, there are avenues that they can report, they can go to, uh, they can contact us. We investigate uh, to, to see what the problem is. We can issue trespass notices if someone's uh, a problem. Mm -hmm. and, the, and that pretty much takes care of the entire neighborhood. You guys are, are the watchdogs for the whole thing. Correct. Now, are you part of that also? Uh, I mean, yourself, as far as, would would you be one of the people that, that they would uh, relate back to if, if they're having particular problems? Because most of these people are going to love these homes. Yeah. We have a property manager. We call them now community manager. Mm -hmm. And that's the person that the residents report directly to mm -hmm. at this time. You know, that'd be pretty neat. Do you guys work with the Mercerboro Police Department? Uh, on on a lot of these issues that, uh, in some cases, uh, dealing with uh, the people that are causing the problems can be a major issue, especially if if you're um, could be you could be a victim yourself going into those some of those areas once they the the type of people that I'm uh, addressing right now. We do work closely with the Murfreesboro Police Department. We do have a police precinct at the Parkside Development. Mm -hmm. And so they are housed there at various times of the day or night yeah. uh, to monitor what goes on in the neighborhood. Well, I'm, I'm impressed with what you're doing, Thomas. Well, thank you. We work hard to provide a better place for people to live. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Ronnie and Thomas. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro. Our residents say the chefs at Adams Place run the area's best restaurant. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. If you want to get some barbecue, I'll tell you how to do it. Head for the Slick Pig and you're into it. Just walk through the door at 1920 East Main and your nose will send a message right to your brain. Say, mmm, smells good. And barbecue. Slick Pig. We got ribs and beans. Got spicy wings. 
Slick Pig. A Murfreesboro tradition. 1920 East Main. President Donald Trump has nominated another strong conservative to the Supreme Court. Amy Coney Barrett shares our conservative Tennessee values, and she respects our Constitution and the rule of law. Bill Haggerty supports Amy Coney Barrett's nomination, and he's running for Senate to help President Trump confirm more constitutionalist judges. Here's Bill Haggerty. The liberal mob is attacking the values that make America great. They want to take away our religious liberties, take away our Second Amendment rights, and encourage taxpayer-funded abortion up until the moment of birth. The mob knows they can't pass their radical agenda in Congress, so they want to hijack the courts to do their dirty work. Together, we can stop them. As your senator, I'll stand with President Trump to confirm constitutionalist Supreme Court justices like Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and Neil Gorsuch. I'm Bill Haggerty, candidate for United States Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Team Haggerty. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential, they're open, they're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Murfreesboro police looking into a double shooting Tuesday night that left a man and woman injured. Reports say officers responded to a call around 7 o'clock on South University Street and found two victims with gunshot wounds. Officials say a man and woman taken to the hospital but didn't release their condition. Murfreesboro police say they're working to identify a suspect and a motive, and anybody with any information about the shooting should call the authorities as soon as they can. Early voting for the November 3rd election begins next Wednesday and runs Monday to Saturday until October 29th. You can find early voting at Election Day polling locations, view and mark sample ballots, and much more with the GoVoteTN app or online at GoVoteTN.com. You can download the GoVoteTN app for free in the App Store or Google Play. Reviewing your sample ballot and deciding how you will vote can reduce your time at the polls. Acceptable ID, a driver's license or photo ID issued by the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security, by the Tennessee State Government, or by the federal government is acceptable, even if it's expired. College student IDs are not acceptable. Rutherford County offers a free household hazardous waste collection at Murfreesboro Solid Waste Department on Florence Road. It's at 8 o'clock Saturday morning, November 7th, and continues till noon. It'll be the last time that latex paint is picked up. Franklin police on the lookout for four suspects wanted in connection to the possible hate crime assault of a musician on Sunday. It happened at Tony's Eat and Drink in Cool Springs when Lorenzo Molina of the band The Mavericks was attacked by four men for speaking Spanish with his friend Orlando Morales. The restaurant has released surveillance photos of the two suspects, and anybody with any information about the assault is asked to call police immediately. News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Hi, Bargain Hunters. Listen up. French's Shoes and Boots is where you need to come for the best brands at the best prices. Boot brands like Justin, Tony Lama, Lucchese, Keen, Thoroughgood, Ariat, and many more. Shoe brands like Merrill, Ariat, Twisted X, and Hey Dude. Clothing by all the name brands, 50 to 70% off. Caps, hats, and accessories all marked down for this once-a-year sale. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Mainly sunny today, high of 84. Tonight's becoming cloudy, low near 62. On Friday, chance of seeing some rain with a high near 80. Friday night, chance of more rain. A meteorologist, Laura Lockwood, on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 55. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. There are places where people talk, and then there are places that people talk about. 
News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. hard to manage all that. Because of COVID, people were traveling less. People and here's Truman Jones. And so I think we have just now moved up to 50% stabilization on hotel-motel occupancy. Um, obviously, there are always some winners and some losers. That's a, that's a smooth average. But, you know, if you were – of course, I'm a banker. For those that don't know, I, I, that's what I – it's my day job as a banker, and I do a lot of real estate, you know, predominantly. That's what I've done the last 10 or 15 years. And – you know, if you came to me and said, hey, we want to put a new hotel in Murfreesboro, you know, I'd probably look at you kind of funny and say, are you sure? <laughs> That's what you want to do. And then what's, the next- a, what's an attraction? All right, you've got all most of the hotels, motels are right. off the interstate. Right. Now, what's the attraction to draw them in Murfreesboro, and what is what is the value, as far as Murfreesboro is concerned, to have those people there in hotels in a downtown area mixed with condos and all the other things that yeah. go with it? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I guess for those that may be joining us, we're talking about the redevelopment for right. the um, old Methodist church site downtown and, um, you know, the opportunity to have – um, a boutique hotel in which, you know, from a tourist standpoint, um, you know, the way I look at it, um, what what synergies can you have based on, you know, housing, retail, shopping, you know, um, um, walkability overall. We talked some about, you know, that Clary Park development that is going to be out in the avenue. And, and I know, you know, to jump away from downtown for a second, you know, there's some concern about, traffic at the avenue because of you know maybe we don't have some turning lanes we need or a median and median and there's some challenges there and and that is certainly fair um but to to come back to downtown you know part of what i think is really attractive about a hotel and about you know um living the ability to buy and own downtown is it it you know for the for the ownership standpoint it helps people take root in downtown um, the the original concept we talked about, uh, I think, was one and two bedroom condos that were kind of going to wrap the garage that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and while you know, affordability is a uh, we're talking about affordable housing, but affordability is a funny term. Um, most people wouldn't consider two hundred dollars a square foot if you're purchasing to be affordable housing, unless there's six hundred square feet or seven hundred square feet um, and you're talking about a hundred and fifty or seventy five or two hundred thousand dollar purchase price and then it becomes affordable not in the price per square foot based on what you're getting but just in the overall purchase price right mm-hmm. and so and I don't again I don't, I don't know any of those numbers um, those are just examples but if we can have um, additional rooftops downtown in the core where people can afford to live, you know, for $200,000, $250,000 or less, you know, you're, you're bringing um, opportunities for people to live, work, and play in downtown, in, in, in downtown Murfreesboro. But the other piece of that I think ties to MTSU going back to the hotel. So, you know, is there the demand for uh, overnight stay, you know, in the core of Murfreesboro? And if you think about you know, we've got uh, a university that's got well over 20,000 students there, families coming in out of town, spending money in and out of town, um, rather than just being on the edge of the city by the interstate, you know, at the avenue or one of the other interchanges. 
uh, it creates probably a little more um, uh, of a character experience for the visitors um, where maybe they are doing uh, more shopping downtown, which is something that we want because that's a very important um, you know, asset to our community. So I just think it provides some synergies between the businesses and restaurants and retail, and I think there's synergies with MTSU there that, that can't necessarily exist in the same way uh, if you're staying at, you know, all the other good places we have at the Avenue or, or whatever else. And, you know, I'm not certainly not picking winners and, and losers related to hospitality. It's just I just think there's a ton of value in having a, a boutique hotel downtown. Now, wouldn't there be a lot of uh, business people that would like to take part in maybe the restaurant that would be part of that complex and all the other things? It, it, you could almost have a place there where everything that they want is right there in that one particular area. You could. Um, and, you know, you know this, Truman. I moved downtown in uh, February or March. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I didn't drive today because we came to, to Adams Place um, mm-hmm. to do the show. But um, I work at Pinnacle Bank. I walk to work, you know, probably four out of five days a week. Uh, I had planning commission last night. You know, for you, those you've been pretty tired looking when you come over to the Mac. So <laughs> I, you may be walking too much. That's I don't walk in the morning. So it, that, uh, oh, you know okay. what's really funny is that to go exercise, I drive, mm-hmm. but everything else I do, I, I walk. So yeah. I explain that. I think it's because I'm sleepy at four thirty in the morning when we work out. At four thirty, you're sleepy. Yes, sir. I'm working out before you get up. You're right, but uh, bless just, your heart. I am sleepy. You know, when you get old, you get you get in better shape. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I, I You're trying to keep from dying, basically. Look, yeah, right. Yeah. I look forward to that. I yeah. need to be in better shape, so that's good. City council's hard on the hard now. On what, if that all comes uh, to 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 uh, uh, reality, I guess. How long are we looking at? Because this is the study is still going on. I remember when you guys were really stud, in, studied in, in depth, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I, 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 um, I don't foresee that happening in the next two or three years. Well, I think it depends on. And look, we have to make hard decisions like this all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we're talking about the redevelopment of the Franklin Synergy site, the, the old Methodist Church site. You know, can we? Can we can we get happy with something that can happen immediately? Um, well, we can get we can approve a plan that can happen immediately. So there are, you know, it's probably a lot easier to get a multifamily loan right now than it is a hotel loan. It's probably a lot easier to get um, maybe some retail space downtown. Maybe not speculative other places, but mm-hmm. potentially retail downtown might be easier to do than. Um, you know, something else, maybe a restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, is it, would it be hard to, to hold out for a hotel, you know, deal downtown so that we can get financing? Yeah, it's probably going to delay it because, like I said, you know, if you if you came to me and said, hey, I'm ready to, to put a hotel, you know, in downtown Murfreesboro, I would tell you I think that's a great idea. I think we need it. Mm-hmm. But from a, if I take my city councilman hat off and set it down mm-hmm. and put my banker hat on, you know, the first thing I'm going to be thinking about is how much of your money are you going to put in it? Because I probably want to lend you just enough, you know, to feel like I'm a part of the deal, but I don't want to feel exposed. And I think most bankers probably think that about the hotel lending business right now. To whereas, you know, when when those rental rates and occupancy rates get back up to 80, 85, 90 percent, you know, there's probably going to be much less trepidation about doing that, and it'd be a whole lot easier. So. You know, back to <clears throat> what do you want? If the if the need and the focus is we got to have whatever we can have right now, it's probably going to be hard to do a hotel. But um, will that be the case twelve months from now? I mean, I, I don't know. I tend to think it will be less like that. I think things will be better in the future, right? Less mm-hmm. uncertainty in the future. But I don't know that. I mean, it, you know, that could just be Ronnie Martin's take on the world. It could be it could be worse. Well, you're a, 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 a businessman. You're a banker. Yes, sir. And uh, that is a big plus for being on the city council, having to make these decisions. And how many banks will take a chance on something that's going to be that expensive a project? 
Yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. And we're not we're not talking about a whole lot of interest rate either. From, of course, I don't know how you would deal with, with the city. To, you know a whole lot more about it than we do. Yeah, see, if it depends on which hat I've got on. If it's the bank hat I've got on, I say, you know, we should be making more. Um, we're, we're not charging enough. But if I've got the city hat on, I say we need to be borrowing as cheap as we can borrow. So it just depends on the hat. I'm Every, ever, everybody that voted for Ronnie Martin is that we want him to have the city council hat. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but just full disclosure, I, I would not be involved in that, just so everybody knows. Um, it would be a conflict for, for me personally to be involved in the lending of that sign, so I would not be. So, so you would basically have to recuse yourself on those type of – what about the discussions and all those other things? Uh, it, just let, leave out the, the voting and sure. things like that. The, the, because you're a bright young man, you 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 know uh, all the things that are involved in it. Uh, so how would you do? Because I've been around a lot of judges that have recused themselves because they didn't feel comfortable about it. But sure. I've been around a, a a judge or two that should have recused themselves. So how does that work? So the way I would view that, and what I have consistently done, is that if prior to um, my involvement in planning commission and certainly you know prior to my involvement as a city council member if if i know the borrower borrower personally um and i've worked with a borrower in the past and i have intentions on working with the borrower on whatever specific project we're working on then um i don't participate in the conversation uh certainly not participate in the vote um on the other side of that, um, there are lots of times just because I, I grew up in Murfreesboro where I'm here, and so I might not necessarily be working on a project with a developer or someone that's working on something, but I may know them very well. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's instances like that where I can be very helpful um, from the standpoint of having a background in real estate and development and commercial lending. Um, I can bring some things to the discussion um, that that others may not necessarily have. Uh, everybody's got their own unique experiences, their own you know their own value that they bring to that conversation. But um, very comfortable sort of knowing where there might be a potential conflict and making sure that you know I keep myself out of that situation. But again, there's there's a lot of value in the experience that I have to bring to that discussion because a lot of people haven't worked on a development or or might not understand you know uh why developers are doing certain things i was at planning commission last night and you know there was an issue that came up related to <clears throat> a commercial site that had very limited visibility because it was behind another commercial site mm -hmm. and you know we talked about that some and 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 staff had an opinion on that um i have a little different perspective on that just because I understand um, the, the potential loss of capital, the risk of capital that a developer is basically investing in something. Mm -hmm. uh, we want those projects to be successful. You don't ever want somebody to, you know, invest in a project where uh, the street traffic count or visibility is not good enough to support their development. Mm -hmm. And so that's, an, again, one of those instances where, you know, we have a vision. Uh, we start with a vision for a certain corridor or a certain area. And then as it develops out, we've got to be flexible and recognize that things have changed and how do we adapt to that. Um, and it's, you know, it's clearly, uh, and I know sometimes people from the outside looking in may struggle with this, but it is, it is not a situation where we look to say, hey, we want to say yes to everything that comes in. Um, we, we want to say yes when we feel like it's right to say yes, but... You know, there are plenty of times that we say no, and um, but it, it's about trying to balance, you know, on the planning commission side, um, commissioner's perspective on what's good for the city long term, and then the same thing for the council. Um, you know, what, what do we want the city to look like? And so as I kind of pivot back to this discussion on the, the, uh, the Methodist Church site, you know, I just think that's a, that's a once-in-a-lifetime project that, that you just don't get every time and or all the time it doesn't come around that often so getting the right product mix and development mix for that mixed use project is important you know people are trying to escape from wherever they live now there's a lot of unrest that's going on in this country and one of the biggest draws as far as 
Murfreesboro is concerned, and for most of us who've lived here all our lives, is this is still the old South, mm-hmm. and it's full of great history, and, and um, it, it's uh, not completely gone with the wind, mm-hmm. as uh, Margaret said it was. But um, it, when, when Thomas, when you, you look into these homes and you look at the structure of the homes and the, the architect, does he try to blend in some of the old South in all these new places that you, that you're reconstructing. That has been our goal, and that's amazing. Because I guarantee you, if if people find Murfreesboro and they come and see what's going on here, and I know you guys do a good job in selling Murfreesboro, uh, to me that that would be a perfect blend for the people who live here. All right, uh, our phase two will have a community building and an office there and it'll kind of sit behind oakland's mansion Mm -hmm. and the design on that is a replica of what is in the architecture of oakland's mansion yeah so it's outstanding the way it looks and it was great too um you know thomas and and all the folks that worked on this new plan if you look at if you study those plans and see how um you know oakland's is sort of our one of our local treasures and it's sort of a park type feature Mm -hmm. But seeing the redevelopment integrated into that part type setting that we have, knowing that it's a, you know it, it's a, a sort of a, an assisted moderate income lower affordable housing mm-hmm. development that has some of those nice amenities, I think is speaks very very well for our community and it speaks very well for for the investments that we're making. But we had a caller a few weeks ago, and it's what prompted my call to you on Westbrook Tower. Talk a little bit about what Westbrook Tower is and how it's different than some of the other communities and, and that kind of thing. Okay. Westbrook Towers is a uh, high-rise, has 230 apartments in it for seniors who are 62 years of age or older. Um, it is uh, assisted, so people pay 30% of their income for rent. It is a project-based rental assistance, much like what Oakland will be mm-hmm. when we finish. Back in the old days when it was built, it was called a Section 8 new construction, uh, which meant it's a project-based rental assistance. There are a lot of these developments or buildings scattered throughout the United States that are privately owned by landlords. And the Housing Authority and Westbrook Towers was built by a developer mm. on the private sector. And um, the Housing Authority bought it in 1994. And so in... Um, when was it built? In 82, 1982. I don't know why I thought it was older than that. It seems like it's been here forever. 1982 is when it was built. Um, we have just restructured it mm-hmm. and uh, done a tax credit, 4% tax credit deal on it, and just spent $8.2 million renovation on the units mm-hmm. of the individual apartments. Uh, it um, compares to any place that you would want to go live. Mm-hmm. It's very nice on the inside, very upscale. And uh, we stay full. Right now we have 12 vacancies because we had to empty out about 50 units whenever we were doing the renovations because we had to move people around. So as people uh, vacated, then we kept that unit empty so we would have the units to move people to keep them in the building. Mm-hmm. And so now everything is finished. We finished up in uh, March, April of this year. And so now we're leasing up. We're down to 12 units. And we have a waiting list of about 82. Our waiting list stays open. So you can come in and put applications in at any time. The wait time is usually anywhere from six months to 12 months once you put your application in. But it it is income-based. Now, what is the attraction for people that want to move because that's quite a few uh, people waiting for the, for it to open up some yeah. of the rooms. There's uh, for low income seniors. There's not many places for them to go live, mm-hmm. and and this is very convenient because it's right beside the St. Clair Center. Mm-hmm. So it's right beside the Senior Center, and it's situ- you know it's right downtown. So mm-hmm. it's a great location for people to come in to. Thomas, what can we do, um, and I know this is not a new conversation, um, it's probably something that's been talked about all the time, you know, over and over, but 
Um, what do we need to do to have more affordable housing stock in Murfreesboro? Because I get asked that question a lot, and I don't have a great answer for that. Uh, you know, I struggle. Um, we mentioned earlier the cost of land, the cost of construction, and all that sort of thing. And when you're talking about income, you know, based, um, you're you're limiting the return, which is a, you know limiting the attractiveness for Correct. to draw capital to that. You've talked about some of the, uh, the the tax subsidies and other you know um, financial instruments that exist to encourage some of that. But in your mind, as someone that is probably the local expert on that, what what could we do to to do more of that in our city? It would be nice to have maybe if you're building, like developing affordable housing, some of the fees that are charged for tap fees for permitting and things like this because land is so expensive right uh take for reference at oakland you know we're redoing all infrastructure mm -hmm. that's on our dime right and so uh redoing streets and stuff that's all our part of our investment back into it in order to make anything affordable you've got to have cooperation yeah. from from your powers to be because they've got to buy into it and be willing maybe to work with you to alleviate some of those fees. Uh, another, another fee that we've had to pay was because we uh, had to pay $58,000 to the county because we took down 37 units, but we're putting back 76. Mm. So the difference between 76 and 37, we had to pay the county. Uh, like it's like an impact fee, I guess you would say. Sure. Uh, because we're putting new units in. So it, it, you know, I I ran into that when we were building that jail uh, out on New Salem Highway, and uh, we uh, had a lot of fees that were put on us by the city <laughs> as far as building that facility. I mean, it, it we're talking about seven figures building that big building and, and we had to have the fire department come out and inspect it and see if it was going to be safe for uh, if, if 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 a certain thing happened while it was out there and um probably why can't cheaper. the city and the county work together uh and and make those fees if they have to put a fee on it make it affordable i i i've that's a great when question. we were doing that, I, I, I mean, I, I don't understand why they can't do it. That, that's a great question. Um, if we had and a Thomas is not going to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just wondering why you didn't build it in the county, why you built it in the city. You could have avoided that. I wanted it outside. Did I you? did because I actually wanted to see the judicial building moved outside of the city limits because it would be a lot more accessible to doing that and you wouldn't have all, all the the traffic stoppage that, as far as going into downtown Murfreesboro but nobody wanted to listen to it especially the the attorneys who had their offices on the square well I will tell you that the judicial building looks good um, whether it should be or shouldn't be downtown I'll let somebody else decide that but it, it it's a great compliment to the downtown you know um Bud Mitchell, his church, uh, uh, Science Hill Church of Christ, they've been building on that for two years and they haven't even got it started yet because of all of the the, um, the, the, the traps that are there by governments <laughs> or, or whatever. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. I remember when we used to be able to build buildings, especially a church, you just go ahead and start building it, and then then that's fine. I mean, you got it there. We now do you, want people to be safe, though, right? <laughs> well, I believe they were safe back then. <laughs> but 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 it, I, I, I'm serious. Uh, sometimes these uh, extra charges that are put on by governments, it it it, it becomes really more of a. Uh, financial hazard than it does anything else. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense, and uh, especially when you have uh, uh, people, architects and developers that, that are taking care of all those particular situations. And um, I'm, I'm speaking for Bud right now because I've been so aggravated because they hadn't been able to to get started on that church the way they should. And it seems like I can remember in, in the county, you never had those type of situations. <laughs> and, and now they found a way to make more money, so here you go. Uh, um, it, do, it does make it difficult. <laughs> yeah. It does. Um, 
but there is no federal dollars anymore for affordable housing to be built. So you have to look at other avenues. Mm -hmm. So luckily for us, we were able to get a 9% tax credit, which is a very competitive wow. uh, tax credit mm -hmm. basis. And so we were able to get awarded in 2019 13 million, and we've been awarded again in 2020 13 million. Wow. So that's what's going to allow us to go ahead and get phase two done. Um, our goal, our dream is to where our office is sitting is to build another high rise for seniors hmm. because we own what borders three streets. Mm -hmm. So Maple, Burton and Walnut. And we own, you know, all the way about four acres downtown. Mm -hmm. And that would be a dream of ours is to see another high rise go there for seniors. Wow. Is it a, is the high rise as safe as say a, a, a single floor or, or whatever? Because and it, isn't it more costly to build something like that and uh, uh, make it it uh, where the, a person who is older can uh, you know uh, access the ins and the outs of the building? Oh well, we have elevators, you know, and. Um, as far as being, I think it's more economical probably to build mm -hmm. than a single dwellings. Would are, be. are we near the time that Murfreesboro running out of land is going to start going straight up? It, you know, that's what usually happens as a city grows. I've been here seven years. Uh, you don't see a lot of vacant land around. Yeah. Ronnie may can speak to that better than I could. You know, I, that's one of those things. Um, of course, uh, Pinnacle Bank's going to go way up, isn't it? Well, I think Bill Jones and you need to have a conversation about that, but I think it's two stories <laughs> is what I think it is. I think that's the plan. But you can probably get him to build four or five. You're very persuasive. persuasive. That would be pretty nice, wouldn't it? It would be. It's easy to spend somebody else's money. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think to the point, you know, of the, the downtown area specifically, you know, uh, growing vertical, getting taller, mm -hmm. you know, what's interesting is uh, I was talking through the um, redevelopment of the um, old Methodist church site. I was really surprised both how many, as far as people, because I went to those meetings as well when we had those neighborhood community meetings where you invite you know, uh, folks in the community to have, have commentary on that and have input. Um, I did not hear a whole lot about people not wanting that part of the city to grow up. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I tend not to be, um, you know, overly, I tend not to, uh, you know, put myself in the middle of architectural uh, conversations a whole lot. One, I don't, feel real passionate about that some people do i tend not to feel as strongly as about that we've got um some people on the planning commission that have very strong opinions about that so i'm very mm -hmm. thankful that they carry that that side of that and i just listen to what they say and say if they think it's good i'm good because you know i do good to pick out my clothes in the morning much less design a building but um but i think by and large with maybe you know only a few exceptions most people in Murfreesboro are okay with Murfreesboro growing up. Um, now, I think there are naysayers that would probably think that that's a long way away. Uh, personally, I hope that's not the case. So, Well, has the concept been looked at? I know downtown there's a lot of two- and three-story buildings, I mm -hmm. guess. And it looks, to me, from the outside, it looks to be abandoned, the upper levels. Right. If we could go in and do apartments multifamily or condos on sure. those second layer levels, have your commercial on the bottom and develop the tops, which I know I'm sure they're all individually owned. And so you would have to work with that, but that would be a concept I think to really boost downtown. I agree. Totally. Um, again, we talked earlier about living downtown. I, I think a mixed use product, um, where, you know, um, you've got, first and second story that could be commercial retail office space um it's very attractive restaurants uh and then the rooftops above them to help support the businesses underneath uh, i think is a great model uh the other thing it does is that add your as you are adding more density to the downtown area um you know presumably and there, there, i don't know that there's a formula i'm not a planner but maybe there is a formula 
um, as you're adding 50 or 100 or 250 um, new um, residences, if you will, um, what's the impact on traffic going to be downtown? And I think that's the key of having this walkable community and having it put in the downtown area is that, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, downtown is very much a lifestyle. Uh, when you have the opportunity to walk, I think people do walk. And I think even people that don't realize that they would walk uh, end up having, end up finding themselves pulled in that direction to have a walkable community. Um, two, three, four blocks, either way, when you're doing something's really nothing, unless you've got some impairment to where you mm -hmm. can't physically do that. Um, it's minutes, you know, and, uh, it's, you know, unless the weather's really bad, you know, extreme temperatures or that kind of thing, it's just a great lifestyle. And I can tell you, I've walked all over our downtown and I'm talking about, you know, from, uh, the Mercury side of town all the way to Greenland drive and MTSU and, and to Memorial, I mean, I've walked all over, and you just don't realize how different your city is when you're walking on foot versus driving in a car. Um, I, and I don't know why this is, but I can tell you there are certain streets in our city that even today, you know, you might feel a little weird driving down or maybe a little scared driving down certain streets. Um, I've walked those streets, and they don't feel anywhere near as uncomfortable on foot as they do in a vehicle and i don't know why that is um but they don't so it's really interesting what if the square would be um a no drive zone where you just just have a walk-in area there and you would be able to park your cars um in in a place where it's safe and then do all your uh, square shopping just walking now, uh, I know it was brought up years ago that they were going to make it. Uh, what, what's the place in Nashville where people would just kind of walk in circles and, and uh, enjoy the day, but there would be no cars that would be uh, allowed in that area? You know, I, the first thing that crosses my mind, and I'm thinking of some of our uh, staff members uh, that might be listening to this at the city of Murfreesboro, but I'm thinking about the, the traffic issues that that could potentially create from being able to access different parts of town because, I mean, there's a lot of traffic that goes through the downtown area. So, you know, I'd, I'd have to lean on those folks for, you know, their expertise in that area because I have a feeling that could be a challenge. Um, but I would also wonder, you know, I, I think part of that, Truman, is connected to parking. If mm -hmm. the more parking we have, probably the easier it would be to do that. Because I don't think what you, you know, I think what you wouldn't want to do is to negatively impact the businesses that count on that traffic driving through. So, um, you know, I think that's one of those things you'd have to look at and study. I think it would be an attraction, to be perfectly honest with you. How often are you on the square? Do you go on the square? Yeah. Do you yeah. drive? Yeah. Would you want to continue to be able to drive? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm always uh, trying to evade all the cars that are backing up into the road. Yeah, that is. A, yeah, I get that. that it is has been, it's been a problem ever since the square has been there, yeah. even even when they had the horse and buggy. Hmm. It, it, it's always where just everything comes to a stop. Hey, let me tell you something I learned, and I have one of these at my house, uh, and I don't know what they're called, um, but... You know those little platforms that sit out in front of the houses on a lot of the uh, houses downtown? Those used to be for buggies that would pull up for pe ladies to stand on to get in the buggies. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I got one of those in front of mine. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I thought somebody had forgotten to pour the rest of the sidewalk uh -huh. down to the street. So ha have you had your house revamped where it uh, uh, kind of uh, works in the neighborhood? What do you mean? You know what I mean. No. Yeah. Uh, you want your house to look like Gordon and Sarah Bell's house. Oh, uh, that, that's a big, huge house that you've got. I just there. live in a small. I wish I wish that I could afford a house. I like just that. live in a small little humble place. Humble, humble place. Mm. Yes, sir. As Dan Whittle says, I, it hey, doesn't look humble to me. It's 112 years old. Yeah, 112 <laughs> years old. It is. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I know you've done some work on it. I have. I'm not very good at that, but I do the best I can. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this. Rick and Amy Cottle um, redid that house. That's who we bought it from. Mm -hmm. It's and, a beautiful house. And they did a, an amazing job. So yeah. 
Um, 99% of the good work that's been done there, they did. I didn't do. So Yeah. I, I feel uh, that whole neighborhood I feel comfortable in. It's just it's one of those places you want to ride through and just see, just look at it. You should stop sometime. Um I don't feel comfortable in in that neighborhood. Just well, see, your, my income is. Just bring I, 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 I'm more where where Thomas is 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 changing everything. Okay. Well, we we want you to have an elevator. We know that. Well, thank you very helpful. much. You're welcome. Yeah, at my age, <laughs> Thomas. Thank you for coming, and and uh, I'm proud of Ronnie inviting you over here today because it's been a an education for me, and I know a lot of people wanted to hear it because you affect just about everybody in Murfreesboro. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, and look forward to maybe coming back again and talking about Mercury when we start it. Oh, well, let's do it. All right. I guess we're through because the, the computer says wrap up the show. We're done. Thank but, you, Thomas. Uh, thank you, Ronnie. What, what it says was, I'm tired of you. Just go ahead and stop. <laughs> so, okay. Thanks, Truman. We'll see you. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.